Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Living with Anxiety and Depression. And as I told you that there were changes coming up, and that starts today. And I wanted to introduce you guys to a really good friend of mine that I met because of this podcast. And uh, Amanda will now be my co-host of the show. So if you would like to go ahead, Amanda, and introduce yourself. Hi, I am so excited to be doing with all this with you, Jess. I'm so excited. Um, My name is Amanda. I'm 29 years old. I live in California. I'm a health insurance agent and I struggle with anxiety and depression every day. And I hope to help you guys and help Jess as much as she's helped me. Awesome. I uh, definitely agree. You have uh, been a big help for me uh, the past week that we've been talking. Um, And she honestly is a great person to talk to. So I would honestly um, suggest finding somebody that understands you because the people around you that have mental illnesses, they can only understand so much. Yeah, I I completely agree. So kind of having an anxiety or depression buddy is awesome. And, you know, I love that Jess and I have kind of committed and connected uh, to being each other's and kind of holding each other accountable and, um, you know, just being, I wouldn't say so much as a safety net, but, you know, a resource that we can tap into uh, when we feel is necessary. Yeah, exactly. Like I was having kind of a bad day at work today. So she was sending me memes, which uh, cheered me up. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) So it's always good to, like I said, to have that somebody there because you never know when you need them and they could really be um, a lifesaver for you. So I would definitely suggest uh, finding somebody if You don't find, I mean, go on Facebook. They have a whole bunch of groups. Um, Also, there are groups online that you could join and see if you can find any friends that way. Any suggestions, Amanda? Um, You can look at, uh, if you just Google, you know, anxiety and depression chat rooms or blogs, or you can even join a group on Facebook. Uh, For example, I'm part of a a Facebook group uh, that does anxiety and depression and you know it's it's nice to have people there and you know we are very fortunate to live in a world that has so much tech well I guess there's pros and cons to it but there we have so much technology out there that we can um find people quite easily and that's uh what I do you can even um look for groups with your specific phobia or your specific type of anxiety and depression. And you'll be really uh, genuinely and pleasantly surprised to know that there are a lot of people out there struggling with very similar or the same things you are. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, I'm on a couple groups on Facebook and um, it's really, it's really surprising how many people actually have like the same symptoms as you do. And you just, you felt so alone before and then seeing that others feel the same as you do, you don't feel as alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's um, what has been really helpful. So yeah, I would definitely suggest, like she said, um, going on Facebook, doing uh, 
also go and find chat rooms or anything like that. Um, Cause yeah, the internet is our best resource now. Um, okay. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, sweetie. I just said agreed. Okay. Um, okay. So I think we wanted to um, start out talking about uh, therapy today. I would love to. All right. So um, what we would like to talk about is the different type of therapies there are and um, what we really want to start out with is when about finding a therapist and when you should seek one out. Um, to me, you should seek one out as soon as you feel like your whole life is out of control. You feel like you or even like not even get to that bad, but like you just start feeling really bad about yourself. And the symptoms aren't going away. You feel like you need to talk to somebody. That's when you should really seek a therapist. Agreed. And, you know, when you feel like you're just losing control of the situation around you and, you know, when you don't have the power to carry it on by yourself anymore, that is the time to seek out. Or, you know, even if you're not struggling, you know, with something, you know, I think everybody should have a therapist. It's good to have an objective third party, you know, like a human diary um, to that reacts with you and can help you achieve the goals, whether mental or not. Uh, to help you live a better and more full life. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, currently, right now, I'm actually seeing two therapists. Um, one for every, like, you know, my everyday stuff with my depression, anxiety, BPD. And then I am also seeing a trauma therapist. So there's so many different therapists that you can see. Um, and there's so many different types of therapy that you can try. Um, I, if you are struggling to find a therapist, um, like I said, and like Amanda said before, internet's your best friend. Um, just go online, search, um, therapists in your area. If you are, um, searching for a specific, a specific one that, um, your insurance will cover, um, I would definitely suggest going to your insurance website and see uh, what providers you would be able to see, because that's how I found uh, my therapist. And that's a great idea. I did the same thing uh, when I did my when I found um, my therapist as well. No, I'm currently not seeing a therapist. I just had a recent change in insurance, uh, but I'm okay with having a little bit of a gap. Uh, when I lived in Colorado, I had a fantastic resource there. And uh, before I moved, I had my lady in um, uh, in California that I saw that I really loved. And, you know, I'm kind of going through the motions of trying to find a new therapist because, unfortunately, uh, the lady that I really liked, she moved to a different practice in another state. So I'm kind of searching uh, with you guys as well. So can you tell me, um, since it's been a while since I've done a search, like, what have you been uh, found helpful in your searches? So one thing that I really do is, um, you know, somebody can put whatever they want about themselves. So I really look at reviews. I, um, of course, you know, look at the site. I look at their credentials. You know, what did they study in? What are they really strong in? Are they more strong in group therapy? Do they have a network of other psychiatrists and doctors that they work with? That might be something that someone's interested in. 
personally, I find it easier when the psychiatrist, the psychologist and the therapist are all in the same place because then they can help you and, you know, three brains can make one plan for you. Or, you know, maybe you're not ready for psychiatry or medication yet. Maybe you just want to focus on therapy for now. So you might want to isolate. Um, but I depended heavily on that. I depended heavily on reviews and seeing what people said, you know, does the therapist listen, you know, not necessarily does it work because I don't, I don't really know what people's standard definition of work is in terms of therapy, but those are two things that I really looked for in choosing my therapist. And then of course, obviously the first session itself. Yes. The, um, the first few sessions are going to be rough. Um, I remember my first few sessions, I'm like, uh, it's hard to trust. Like, um, do I feel comfortable with this person? Um, you really just have to go there into there with an open mind and really be honest with the therapist. Um, if something doesn't work for you, let them know right away because, you know, maybe they can come up with something else that could work for you. Agreed. And um, usually, and, you know, I'm speaking from, of course, my own experiences, but all the experiences in the past, you know, I felt an instant click when I was with the right therapist, you know, they were very easy to talk to. They listened, they made eye contact, you know, they were, you know, uh, applying pressure. And I mean, uh, cause you know, putting, put, making yourself uncomfortable a little bit is okay. And that's part of what therapy is supposed to do. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of look for those things, you know, it may be uncomfortable, but is it going to be something that could lead to something better? And, you know, if I feel, you know, some relief or even if I still feel a little edgy after the first therapy session, I'm like, I can usually tell whether this is going to be a good fit or not. Obviously, if, if you're, um, uncomfortable and not in a productive way, but in a just, this just isn't going to work way, you'll usually get those vibes. And then, you know, I would suggest keep looking or, you know, you can ask that current therapist. It's not rude. It's not bad etiquette. If there's other people in the practice or someone that they would recommend. Yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely agree with that. Um, I have usually had, um, the vibes first time around, um, but unfortunately, those vibes aren't always correct. Um, like I had a therapist who, you know, it worked out probably the first two months. And then she decided to uh, start treating me like I was her therapist. And she was telling me all of her problems. And yet I was still paying her. So I'm like, this is not going to work out. So you definitely need to watch out for signs that the therapist is not um, building a healthy relationship with you. Correct. Yeah, I can agree more. Your therapist is there to be your therapist and not the other way around. And sometimes they want to be your friend too. And it's like you have to um, really distinguish that, you know, yeah, they're going to be really helpful and you're probably going to have some sort of attachment to them. But don't think of them as your friend because it might just make it even more difficult if you um, have to leave them or if they have to leave. Yeah, you want to develop some sort of healthy 
um, some health, uh, some healthy attachment. Obviously, there's going to have to be attachment for you to want to be as honest and open. Uh, but yes, there does need to be some sort of boundaries um, instilled in order for it to be successful. Yes, I definitely agree. And um, there are um, another thing that I actually found out a little bit ago is that there are actually therapists that you can see online. Um, but usually, I guess, insurances don't cover them. And so it's all self-pay. Um, if you can do that, if you can afford that, and you feel like that would be more helpful than going to see a therapist in person, then, you know, I would suggest giving it a go. But honestly, I prefer to be, um, I guess, one-on-one with my therapist and really see them in person. Agreed. And, you know, maybe that might be uh, ideal in a crisis situation, uh, but I would definitely have some sort of a more tangible connection than online. Um, You know, you want to hear somebody's voice. You want to be in somebody's office. You want to have the other aesthetics and just a keyboard in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, what I love about um, the therapist I'm seeing right now for pretty much everyday life is that she has given me um, like her phone number and her email that if I ever need to reach out to her because I'm having an emergency, she lets me, but you just got to make sure that you are setting that healthy boundary. And every time you're feeling something that you're not constantly texting or emailing them, you have to know when it's the right time and when you should really contact them. Yeah. And, and not a lot of things too, when you have uh, facilities that you go to with all those doctors and network, like I had previously mentioned and um, your therapist, usually they have some sort of um, crisis line, not necessarily like a suicide hotline, but some sort of crisis line where there is somebody trained to deal with uh, their clients that are experiencing crisis mode. Um, so I've had the luxury to have that before and that was really, really, really nice. So, uh, that might be something that you can talk to your therapist about too. Yeah, I agree. Um, unfortunately the therapist and the psychiatrist, um, that I see do not offer that, but that is definitely, um, a good option if they do offer that where you go. And, um, I would suggest using that first. Yeah. Um, and then we also kind of wanted to talk about the different therapies that there are offered. Yep. That's um, there is DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy. Yes. My favorite. And, and that is really, really good um, for trauma and to, um, I guess, like to. I don't know. Can you, can you describe it more? Cause DBT or trauma yeah. there? DBT. DBT is more of practicing how your mind reacts to anxiety. Um, you can think of your symptoms and the episodes that you experience. Uh, it kind of, kind of dissects them into more realistic bite-sized manageable pieces and the more you do that the more in tune with here and now and the more attachment you have to reality so that's kind of what dvt is it's just kind of breaking it down stripping it down and 
you know, kind of, I, for lack of better words at the time, making it feel not so scary. And uh, that's the best way I can describe DBT. Yeah, that's actually a really good, um, a good definition. Oh, well, thank you. And then um, the next one would be CBT, which is uh, the cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess the best way I could, I would um, describe that is it's in a structured setting and they usually have a limited number of sessions when you're with a therapist or um, sometimes it's a therapist or a psychotherapist that does it. And um, honestly, what it helps you become aware of inaccurate or negative thinking. So if like you have all these negative thoughts in your head because of your anxiety or your depression, this is when CBT can really be helpful to manage um, those stressful thoughts and any stressful situations that you're experiencing. Yeah. And, you know, during your first couple of sessions with the therapist, once they uncover what's going on, you're going to have to dig a little before you can start solving the problem. You need to realize what the problem is, especially, you know, if this is your first rodeo with therapy, uh, you know, once we figure that out, then you and your therapist will decide the best course of action. More often than not, the very first time you go to therapy, you're going to fill out a questionnaire. And that's just going to give the therapist a baseline. You know, it'll ask you things, you know, like how many times a week do you feel sad? Things of that nature. It's going to ask you what you expect out of therapy and what you're wanting. Um, and I think that might be a good segue into the next thing is what to expect out of therapy. Yes, that is very true. Um, you can go ahead and start that out. Okay. I would love to. So what to expect out of therapy. Well, let me tell you what not to expect. Do not expect a miracle cure. That is not going to happen. That is not the purpose of therapy. You need to have the right mindset before you go into a therapist's office or it's kind of doomed from the start. If you think a couple of sessions is going to cure you, fix you, and you're no longer going to have to deal with anxiety, I have a very rude and abrupt awakening for you. It's not. The idea of therapy is to help you cope better with anxiety, to not let it rule your life, to not let the depression take over, but instead to merge the many yous, the anxiety you, the depression you, the normal you, and the you that you want to be on the same track and get yourself to understand them better and what you can do to help merge them. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, for me, um, therapy is you have to be ready for therapy. You cannot do therapy for your family. You cannot do therapy for your friends or to please anybody else. You need to be ready to do therapy for yourself. Because I was doing therapy a long time for everybody else. And I wasn't doing it for myself. And it wasn't until I realized that I needed to do it for myself that I started to feel better. So just know that going into it, you need to be doing it for yourself. If you're going into it um, to please others, then you're not going to get anything out of it. That is a thousand percent right. And the next thing that 
therapy is expect to get very uncomfortable. That is part of the process. And yes, you will cry. Yes, you will be having anxiety. Yes, you will be having some of those depression feelings. That is a part of the process. So get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, not only with the anxiety, but with yourself as well. It's going to bring out some very raw emotions, but that's part of the healing process. Some people say it gets better before it gets worse, but you have to understand that there's that light at the tunnel. You're going to talk about some things that are uncomfortable. You know, if you need exposure therapy, you're going to be uncomfortable. And that's okay because you don't have to be uncomfortable by yourself. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And also when you're going into your therapy and you think that you're going to say something to your therapist that they are going to be completely shocked by, they've probably heard it all. Um, Yeah, that will happen. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, if you're feeling like, you know, they're not going to understand you or um, you're scared to tell them about what happened to you in your lifetime, don't be. That's the best way that they are going to be able to treat you is if they know what has happened to you. That's why they ask you those uncomfortable questions. And but that's because they're trying to figure out the best way to give you your treatment. Yeah, and that's one of those things that really comes back to being honest with yourself and being honest with your therapist. That's why I think the trust relationship really has to be there because, you know, these are things that you might not tell the everyday person. And, you know, you also do have the privilege and the right as a patient to say, you know, I don't want to talk about that yet. Maybe make some notes throughout the week of what you do want to talk about. And, you know, start from there. Maybe what you're comfortable with might be okay at first. But then, like I had previously mentioned, prepare to be uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, exactly. I've had full-blown panic attacks in my therapist's office. I've cried. I've, you know, screamed. I've gotten upset. And yet, you know, they were still there. They understood. They, They understand the emotions that you're going through. So they're not there to judge you. They're there to help you. So just remember that if you are having um, all those feelings or anything like that in therapy, that's what they're there for. So it's kind of better to have that happen in therapy than not. Agreed. And, you know, they can experience that raw emotion there and understand and really see what it is. So, you know, don't be afraid to... You know, let that out if that needs to happen. Don't feel like you have to be um, a good patient or, you know, the picture of mental health when you walk into a therapist because you're going to a therapist because you're not mentally healthy or you want to be more mentally healthy. And they know that. Oh, yeah. And they can they can recognize when you are. Oh, yes. I've had a therapist call me out on that. And I was embarrassed and I was angry and I wanted to lash out on it. But, you know, that's the part where you need to be honest and real with yourself. Yeah, you definitely can't. I mean, because they pretty much. And so they're going to be able to tell if you're lying about something. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I got I got caught in a little lie once, you know, talking to my therapist because I didn't want to admit to something. But she knew it and she caught it and she goes, you know, what's going on? And so she was, she wasn't 
mean or angry about it. She was accepting and just wanted to know what was happening. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they're never going to be angry with you. They, they want to know it's not that, you know, you were, I I guess lying is kind of a, or I guess you can say padding it, uh, but they want to know why, you know, what defense mechanism is going on to where you feel like you need to pad or, you know, protect yourself. And that can be maybe a sign that you don't completely trust that person. Oh yeah, exactly. And if that is the case, then that's when you should be going out to um, seek a new therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, When you know that you're getting to the point where you just feel like you can't tell them the truth or you're just not trusting them, you really need to find a new therapist at that point. Yep. Um, so I think that's going to wrap it up for now, um, cause we're running out of time, but, um, Amanda is now the co-host and co-owner of the show with me. Yay. And, um, I'm also going to be including her in our email. So if you would ever want to shoot her an email, you can. Um, and that's living anxiety and depression at gmail.com. So um, I'm going to give her access to that. So she will be able to check that anytime she wants. I'll check it. And so we'll both be there if you guys ever need anything. Of course. But- yeah, for sure. And, you know, I am more than happy to, you know, answer questions. Obviously, disclaimer, I'm not a therapist. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a doctor. I am just a person who has lived and breathed and has been through um, what a lot of you are going through too. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, and I think that's how um, Amanda and I connected is because we've been through so much um, stuff that's been similar and it's just nice to uh it it was nice to have her reach out to me so i honestly encourage you guys to reach out to us if you ever feel like you need help that's what we're here for is to help you guys yes we're not therapists we're not trained but you know we can try to help you the best that we can of course and what are we going to do on our next podcast um i think our next podcast should be um, more about anxiety-based. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, so that should be good because I know we've been talking about depression a lot lately. So I really think uh, we should focus on uh, some anxiety. I'm ready. I am so ready. (laughs) Um, Also, so you guys know, um, we will be doing an episode once a week. So I think we're trying to commit to Saturdays. Yeah. But... um, don't hold us to that because you know sometimes schedules can go a little haywire yep um but just so you know we will both be here every week and um we hope that you guys enjoyed the show and i'm really excited to have you aboard amanda and i can't wait to do more episodes with you i'm excited to be here and i'm excited and i hope you guys um accept me And I want to be here for you just like Jess wants to be here for you. And like she has been here for you. And I'm excited to be a part of this group, this podcast, and this community of amazing people. So thank you. And we are definitely excited to have you here. I know I am. Yay. So um, 
that's a wrap up guys. Um, thank you for listening. And uh, we will catch you next week when we start talking about anxiety. Woo. Bye. Bye.